Ladies and gentlemen, prepare to be motivated by your host, Reverend John Wheeler! Now shut up! You shut up! Sit down! Shut up! Shut up! That's right. You don't want to be quiet for this one. Because here's the thing. There's a growing problem in this country. And I believe that it is perhaps part of an infrastructure problem. I think it's uh, I think it's what happens when people stop caring. I think it's what happens when the bottom falls out of a business when they don't spend, you know, the, the money they need on the essentials. Right? It just all goes into an offshore account somewhere. It just lines the pockets of some individual going on vacation with his third wife. Maybe it's an evil rich lady with her third husband, but I mean, this is America. Come on. Let's place blame where it belongs. Some dickhead goes, I'm going to start a business, right? I'm going, to, I'm going to create a room, and you're going to pay to escape it. Now, that sounds fun on paper. That sounds like, hey, a little a little challenge, a little puzzle. I've never been to prison, but I watched the Shawshank Redemption. I, I think I could, you know, carve my way out of somewhere with a spoon and hide it with a poster of uh, Annie Lennox or whoever that was. No, that took place in like the 50s. There were three different ones. Okay. Well, I thought it was um, the guy from the Partridge family. Or something. There, wait, there's three. Was, there was there the, are three different women. They changed the poster multiple times. Oh, uh, I thought you meant there was multiple sequels to the Shawshank Redemption. I'm like the Shawshank Redemption, unredempted. I mean, there was the only back to jail is the third was, one. There was the only Andy Dufresne one. Uh, was the guy's name uh, right? But he was uh, played by Tim Robbins. Yes. <laughs> what happened to the Dufresnes? That's all I could think of now is that Mitch Hedberg joke. Whenever I think of the Shawshank Redemption, which is frequent, um, was uh, when Mitch Hedberg had the joke, that was the last name that he used. It was just like Dufresne, party of eight, and then they like, like they just never showed up or whatever, and they, they moved out. It's like, wait a second, what happened to the Dufresnes? How can anyone eat at a time like this? The Dufresne family is missing. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I'm like, that was, was that a nod to the Shawshank Redemption? I think his joke actually predates that. So is the Shawshank Redemption a nod to the, the long-lost Dufresnes, as brought up in various weird late-night Comedy Central things I watched on cable in the late 90s where there was Mitch Hedberg. But I couldn't Google him because Google was not yet a thing. I can't remember what year that was, but it lost Best Picture to Forrest Gump. That's rough. I mean, going up against Forrest, that's tough. Right. That's like fighting Rocky. I mean, they like Forrest Gump, they like made us watch that in school. So you know it's going to win all kinds of stupid awards, as stupid awards does. And they can't make us watch Shawshank because it's a rape scene. I swear to God they made us watch American History X in high school. That might have been a dream, though. A beautiful, beautiful dream. Because they always made us watch all these things about, like, racism in the inner city. And I guess maybe they should have made more people watch that, I guess. Like, is the only reason that I sort of have some kind of actual grip on the state of things in the world because we watched, like, Stand and Deliver and had to read... um, uh, What the fuck was that one that that lady only wrote one book ever? The Diary of Anne Frank. Yeah, yeah, there was no sequel to that. No, you're thinking of Helen Keller. Uh, no, but, uh, or whoever that was. Oh, sorry, I was... And what was the one, not one floor of the cuckoo's nest? What the fuck was that boring book? And, like, some guy got, you know... Frankenstein? Oh, yeah, Mary Shelley. No, she wrote that other book, Dracula. Or Frankenberry. I don't remember. That might have been... You know, not a lot of people realize that, you know, Frankenberry was the... The scientist, and the, you know, it was the cereal that was his monster. <laughs> I don't. It was a cereal monster. <laughs> he was a cereal monstrous. No, what the fuck was that book? It wasn't Maya Angelou. It had that Atticus Ross was it or Atticus Finch, and there was like a robe and like, God, what the hell? And like, it was like, it was like in sad times in the old times. When everyone had to wear all these layers and 
uh, yeah, they accused oh, a black guy of killing somebody. What the fuck was oh, that called? Um, but that was every kill a mockingbird. That's the one. Not one flew over the cuckoo's nest. All these fucking birds. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I was about to suggest flowers in the attic. <laughs> flowers for Elder God. Yeah, I don't know. All these goddamn books are read. Yeah, but, to Terabithia. No, I know why the caged bird sings too. That was another bird fucking book, and it were all about how like. Like how hard things were in the olden days, slash how much even worse it sucked to be black back then, which it like certainly was. But I feel like it's like we read Shakespeare and then we learned about that. Like those are the only. It was like white people in the 1300s sword fighting, and then stuff that was either about or about the repercussions uh, decades later of slavery. And maybe they were connected. Maybe all those mustaches and sword fighting led to well, I guess imperialism, you know, colonialism. They were connected. Maybe we're connecting dots that we were always intended. Then the teachers were always like, read between the lines. I mean, like, figure out what, like, you know, fucking um, Othello has to do with with uh, the Jim Crow laws. Maybe. And then I also read a lot of Stephen King, and we weren't right. supposed to do that. I mean, they, I don't know. I, re- I remember them uh, having me read The Hatchet. Yeah, because we might crash in a plane and have to serve. It was like they were preparing us for all this. It was like, you know, when you were a kid, you were way more worried about quicksand being a regular thing. It was like, oh, you might crash in the woods and have to live off of three matches and eventually make a house out of sticks and the big bad wolf will come break it down. Like, I don't know what in the hell, like, the actual lessons of these things were meant to be. And by the way, it took me so long to get to um, uh, one, f- no, uh, the cuckoo bird. What? <laughs> I can't even Tequila remember. Mockingbird. Tequila Mockingbird, which I had some. Uh, I don't even know why I was bringing that up. Because we learned about it in school. But then why did I because, talk about Because we couldn't escape it. Oh, we couldn't. No, that was not it. Well, either way, the thing is, <laughs> I'll watch this later and get mad at myself for being too drunk. See, because. No, I haven't been doing these as drunk lately. I've been trying to stay on target. It's like actually not that entertaining to listen to the ramblings of a complete drunk person at one in the morning. Be like, ah, TV show. And it's like the two people that watch this are like, John, it was this book. Move on. But I can't. Okay. But my point is here is that craftsmanship and pride in one's work in this country is dead. And uh, here's the thing. Me and Bill and Alexis and Jake and Haley and that other one, we went to um, an escape room that was in Plymouth. And it was called the Zero Hour Escape Room. So angry. And we're very angry. Bill's more angry than me, but I'm also a bit drunker than him. But the thing is, is that, look, this group, or at least least parts, semi-combinations of this group here and there have been doing escape rooms for years, since, like, before the pandemic. And I think we've, like, done... We just did all the good ones that there's going to be. I think we've really just used it up. And I think Jake needs to stop suggesting that we do it. Not that it's, like, his fault, but he usually gets mad at how janky it is versus how expensive it is. And we could just stay here and play video games, my dude. Or I'll come down there. I uh, I got a new gun, which is topical. But I, I, to be fair, I didn't I didn't purchase it legally. I, I got it from a friend who inherited it from her dad who died. So, yeah, no legal loopholes there. But it's a 22 from 1934. And I, I sent a picture to my dad, and he said he had one very similar when he was a kid. It was a different time. Anyway, that's not what I'm talking about, is the weird 22 rifle that looks like Winnie the Pooh would use it that I got from Meredith. The, uh, the point is... Winnie is that the 22? What's that? Winnie the 22. Oh my God. Well, that's going to be its name now. Um, it needs a name. That's the kind of gun you name. It has some character. It's got a lot of wood on it. Everything else I have is all tactical. Like, even my, my you know, my AK doesn't have the wood. It's just like the black fiberglass. I mean, it's a fancy one and all, but it doesn't look, just doesn't have that collapsed Soviet Union charm. That I would have liked, but it was the better choice when I was, you know, and I want it to work. Anyhow, you know, yeah, you know, if I'm hunting squirrels in my backyard, I need something that's not going to jam up on me. Uh, But so we've been going to these escape rooms, and in the beginning, 
They were like mind-blowingly fun. And there was difficulty to them, let me just say. My favorite one that we did, Bill, I do not believe you were there, but there was one of the ones in the Mall of America. And it was like, what? okay, yeah, so you weren't there. Because this was, I don't even think we're really hanging out. This was a while, while, a while ago. I think I was still like in Blue Felix and like, you know, way back. And me and Alexis and Jake and Haley would hang out. But, yeah, there was this one in the Mall of America that it's probably not even there. I think they'd swap them out or whatever. But that one was incredible because it, they, they didn't tell you exactly what you were in for. And it was it was like a Middle Eastern bazaar. Like, they, they had – and you had to smell different spices and bags and stuff and, and do all these very, like, old-school, not non-technological kind of – you know, it's like, oh, you, you got to find which blanket has like a symbol on it. And it was very, very low tech. But as you progress through it, like eventually you got into this thing where like this whole wall like opened up. And then there was this big NORAD James Bond nuclear control room thing where there's like a countdown and you had to stop a nuclear launch because they were hiding it in this Indiana Jones looking like it was actually like really cool. There's all these layers to it. and It was super crazy and everything made sense and everything worked. A thing like that. Like, it looked like someone had spent a bunch of money on it, and that's the thing. I know I know these puzzle room things can be done cheap, and it's a good way for someone who owns a little chunk of, you know, real estate next to a dentist's office to go, like, hey, we can make a little money here. We don't even need a liquor license. Wowee. All right, we can rent but- an office in an industrial park in the middle of nowhere around Plymouth's, like, forgotten areas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then, you know, th- th- I think more and more that's what's starting to happen, and, you know, these things are very low-tech, like, they, like, the last few, like, I want to put this in context of a rash of things, not just rip on this one, which, by the way, this is what we're going to do, uh, in case you're, you know, wondering if you should keep listening to this, what is this going to be? Us taking a giant shit very specifically at a certain escape room in Minnesota, so b- buckle up for that, it's going to be real relatable and topical. Um, however, many of these things, as we've been going along, have stopped being like like a wall opens up and it's a giant James Bond control room with lights and like tubes and bubbles going through water and all this crazy shit. And it's just numbers on walls with like keys and locks. And that just, it's, it's, it's all it is. So a right off the bat, there's a bit of a dip in overall quality. When I talk about how excited I get about an escape room, it's, I think, maybe that time has just passed. I think it was from doing them earlier on in their existence where you had to wow people, where there was a little bit of showmanship involved, for God's sake. Again, where there was lights and, and, and bookcases that opened up and all, all these weird, crazy mechanical things and stuff. And so much more now, it's just... Take these dirty stuffed animals and see if they have numbers on the bottom, and then there's a clue on the wall, and then you, it's another padlock and another padlock and another padlock. That's what this one was. It was an Alice in Wonderland themed, which is what excited everyone, and I get it. But it was an Alice in Wonderland themed escape room. And it was a little interesting because you had to be there in a larger group, and they split you up between two rooms. So you, and you had this like tube that you had to yell through, like when you're in jail and you you know get all the water out of the toilet, so you can yell through the pipes down to the other inmates that you're making deals with on a different floor. Talking on the bowl, they call it. And there was an episode of Rum Dumpster uh, dedicated to a binge watch of 60 Days In, where we uh, taught you all about talking on the bowl and made prison pizza. I think it's called prison pizza. Go watch that one. If you're listening to this or watching this for some reason, our complaints. Uh, but yeah, so we had to talk on the bowl to the other side. So it was me, Alexis, and Bill on one side, Jake Haley and Alex. Uh, uh, yeah, Jake Haley and look at us. Aren't we cool in the other one? And uh, so I <laughs> if they'd stuck around to do the podcast, well, I would have made even more fun of them. But they're friends. Anyhow, um, yeah, we got separated, and and so you're supposed to kind of scream through this tube, and you'd be like, is this number made anything? What? Uh, but, you know, again, slightly different than every other one we've done, so there's a little bit of creativity there. However, it was just making up for a lot of things. 
So eventually, you, you, there's magnets in the butts of these stuffed animals that you, you find, and then you push their butts against the wall, and it opens a door, and you crawl through this tiny little door that I was really hurting myself going back and forth through uh, to get into the center room. And once we were in the center room, things moved along. We were reunited as a, as a six-headed monster. Um... And I'll cut right to the chase. There was a clue that had letters in a sequence. It was kind of a compass or something, but it was backwards. Alice in Wonderland, everybody. We. But uh, there was this lock, and it was one of those weird locks. Not a uh, each number like the Pulp Fiction briefcase thing, nor a high school uh, twisty lock. Although they had many other of those, because it was nothing but combination locks. It's all the goddamn thing was. It was literally made out of someone had an estate sale, and people just bought up like, oh, this person had a bunch of Alice in Wonderland shit, and they bought it all up. And oh, look, there's padlocks. <laughs> look at all these directional locks. Look at all this stuff. We're gonna make an escape room out of this bullshit. Yeah, I think I think Bill's right. I think I think this wasn't even particularly uh cuz were there a bunch of other rooms or there's like one other group in there, but it wasn't a huge place. There was a prison one. Okay. And then there was uh Alice in Wonderland and maybe another one, but I think it was just the two. And oh my god, fucking it was supposed it was this fucking directional lock that had four Okay, okay. And there were Supposed to, one of them was supposed to be a W, but there were two N's, an O, and an H that actually looked like an R. Yeah, it was, that's the thing, and I think that's the biggest thing to point out, is that this thing, yeah, we, it's Alice in Wonderland, but what Bill says about how it clearly came from, like, an estate sale, yeah, it was very, look, the puppets and stuffed animals and things they used as props were dirty to the point where there's no way that place was popular enough for them to be that dirty that fast. These things were played with children that died 100 years ago. These are the toys of sad little ghosts of the Industrial Revolution. <laughs> like It was, came out around the time when Alice in Wonderland was probably brand new. And the lock in question, which created, yeah, quite the, quite the pickle. It was quite the sticking point of this whole thing. Uh, the the letters on it were written in Sharpie. It's not like someone made a little plastic, like someone had a 3D printer to go, oh, let's turn this lock into a thing that has a couple of butterflies and caterpillars on it, and it's got the letters, and they're, they're 3D. You know, you touch them a little bit. Literally blue masking tape and a black Sharpie. Yeah, it was janky as fuck. Like, it was... And if it's fucking masking tape, you got a couple tries. Make it look nice. Yeah, I think it might have been also that it was either worn off or it was done by someone who didn't understand what they were supposed to do. Because that's that's the, the, the time we live in. Like Someone's making money off this thing, and that person just yells at people they're barely paying anything. Yeah, go draw on here. And also, we are having a bit of a—right uh, before we started doing this podcast, before everybody went home— there was a bit of a, another mystery, another puzzle in the old puzzle room, if you will— we cannot agree whether or not the guy that was helping us that worked there had a German accent or was mentally sort of deficient. And that's actually very funny because I've... I think it was just a speech impediment. Yeah, Bill thought it was a speech impediment. I guess mentally deficient might be unfair, but the mouth is connected to the brain, people. What do you want me to say? Uh, but to me, it sounded... And now I'm really questioning myself. This guy sounds like this big dude with glasses, but he also had a mask on and because uh, he works at a gross place. Um, and I thought that, like, the whole time he sounded like the guys that I met uh, when I was dealing with Sennheiser microphones and stuff. Uh, it's like, oh, then we go on here. Just that lilting kind of light, friendly, gentle German accent. Not the, like, I'm Like, no, not that. Not not people who are fighting Indiana Jones. Just just that the the thing where you hear someone on a YouTube video talking about keyboards or something, just like oh Vincent, we find over here that we will look at. I I thought he was just some like a German exchange student or someone that had just moved here from you know South America or somewhere because they did shut down um, 
Colonia Dignidad, the, the giant place in Chile where a bunch of higher-ranking Nazi officer moves to, uh, that got shut down in, like, 2016, very recently. So maybe he was up here from that. Or he just didn't know how to talk. That's maybe why he was working at the world's jankiest escape room in, um, yeah, in a weird industrial, like, one of those weird places where you, eh, no, it's not even... I almost said it one of those places where it's really depressing to work at, but no, if you've ever worked retail or no, these actually aren't that bad. You're like, oh, I work over here in this thing where they stain furniture. It's like, oh yeah, all right, that's an okay job. You just, there's a parking example. There's not really customers. High sometimes. You probably there's no ventilation because it definitely got it got pretty sweaty in that escape room. But anyway, uh, yeah, so it's one of those things we could ask for for clues on the TV screen. Also, by the way, did you notice that the the clues clearly didn't come from a menu of clues? It was like he had to type it. And now I'm adding more credence to the speech impediment theory because he definitely typed things in, spelled all wrong a few times. Where I was like, clock the what? It's like, oh, click the lock. That's okay. Like I saw it like disappear and come back. Like, what the fuck are you saying? Uh, so, yeah. Or. Maybe English was his second language and he was the grandchild of Nazi war criminals. I don't know. Or there's nothing saying he isn't both. Let's say that he's the grandchild of, of hiding Nazi war criminals that got ousted from their second home in South America. But then also he just developed a little bit of speech impediment, maybe from childhood trauma. He couldn't find the speech therapist because they were in hiding. Yeah. Yeah, and they, you know... They didn't. <laughs> There's so many dumb places we could go with that, but but fucking who cares? Anyway, what I didn't appreciate was I, I, I believe well because he was in hiding and he led to him being in escape room. Oh yeah, that was the <laughs> that was a converted. Oh, they should make an Anne Frank escape room. That would be fucking awesome. <laughs> Except for instead of escaping, you have to keep others from getting you know in. <laughs> like moves the lock at the door like hello we were going to do an inspection and be like oh we're just cleaning up no one lives here and you like turn the picture upside down and there's numbers on it and you go yeah or you just escape from the gas chamber I don't know I mean there's a lot of ways I could go the Anne Frank escape room if you make too much noise they start piping in gas yeah 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 you're like oh I'm getting sleepy it's like oh that's that's yeah you have to communicate by just um, writing you know, like writing little notes down, like if you talk, they just sick dogs on you or something, like uh, <laughs> talking, blocking. Yeah. This is a horrible I actually like this idea. I think there should be a game where we sick dogs on the people that make these escape rooms because they're a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> That's what they get. They're just like, their punishment for making a bad escape room is they have to play that old the stocking blocking, which is an old uh, game show where you had to. There would be a bunch of there'd be a big mess, big mess on a table, and you had to arrange everything in perfect right angles, and you had five seconds. And if you didn't do it, the commandant would would go nine. Das is not stocking blocking and blow a whistle, and just dogs like German shepherds would come and bite you. I like that. That sh it was on. Uh, it was back when I had satellite TV. I don't know where it came from, but the point is, is that I, I think that. Um, is, is this where we got pop perfection? <laughs> no. <laughs> pop goes, I mean, it's close. Pop goes perfection is like anxiety the game. Right. That's like, how do we test kids for general anxiety disorder? It's like, see how they hold it together while playing perfection. And then we'll see if they can, you know, that, that help decide your future career. You know, you'd be like, can you, can you handle being a, like a drug mule or a spy or some kind of high-pressure thing where you're just sweating bullets while the guy from fucking Inglorious Bastards is, like, walking around you in a circle looking at you and smiling. You're like, oh, God. Like, that's that's perfection. Or as they called it on this show, Stockenblocking, uh, where a lot of people got bit by dogs and beaten with batons. And, uh, yeah, no one ever won. But, yeah, so the, the guy came in well, no, no, no. First of all, we were like, we want it. Okay, we need a clue here. Like, this is fucked. Obviously, it's a dead end. And this has happened a bunch where it turns out that we'd actually figured it out. And this has happened at other locations, other, you know, it's, it's not like it's all this place. Yeah, we'd figured it out, but the thing was fucking broken. Like, we did, I think it was a Harry Potter one. And we were, 
we figured these things out and we were just beating our heads against the wall trying to understand what happened. <coughs> a lady came in and was like, oh, uh, these tapestries are supposed to like lift up and there was words behind them. And like, yeah, they, they didn't move. Like nothing happened. She's like, oh, it's, bro, it's just like the Joker with all the bombs in the hospital. It's just pounding on it. And then they like went halfway up and got stuck. And she was like, it's like, hey, could you stop the clock? She's like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll roll it back. And she's just like jamming at this thing with a rake. So that one was almost kind of, you know, comparable to some of the elaborate ones that I've seen, but it was in disrepair. It's like, it's, it's like America is the failed broken amusement park. It's like, oh, you should have been here in the late eighties. It was really cool. And then by 1996, it's just like the hall of presidents. Like I, 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 and there's like sparks coming out of them and everything was, smells bad. There was the one where uh, we were doing an escape room and it had the three spots where you're supposed to set things that had certain like magnetic symbols on them and you're mm-hmm. supposed to line them up. But like, oh, actually, you're only supposed to have two on here. Right. Which one was that? Oh God, that was that was the last one that we did with uh, Yumi, Alexis, Jake, and Haley. Oh yeah. And like, it, it would have unlocked the fucking things that we would twist over and it would drain the liquid and we could see what's in there. But I just shined a flashlight at it so we could see like the. Oh right, yeah, we just thing. saw underneath it. Right. So we're like, well, it didn't work, but we figured it out anyway. Right. And that's a good point. Because a lot of times there's there's ones where it's like we figured it out, but it was broken, and we're like, how did we not know? And they're giving us all these clues, and they're like, oh, this was supposed to flip over. I guess it got stuck. But then there's the other ones where it's like we just pried the thing a little bit open, and we're like, well, we figured that out, and then it turns out that's the thing you unlock, like, second to last. Mm-hmm. Eventually we get back to it, and it's all confusing and weird, but, yeah. Um, but... Yeah, so this one, I mean, we were doing pretty okay. We asked for a clue. First thing, dude spelled it wrong. And we're like, what are you talking about? And then it, like, corrected. And it's like, hey, you should give us back a few minutes for that. But then all of his advice was click the lock. You got to reset the lock by clicking it. It It's like, okay, we did that. And then we were like, we had, it was like, I was like shouting the answer. Like, it's this. It's eight lines down, five. It was a know-how or whatever. The Tweedledee and Tweedledum. It's the specific. I don't care that we're giving this away. Fuck this place. It's, it's, by the time this comes out, I guess literally on Monday, which is in two days, yeah. uh, they'll, be, they'll, they'll be out of business. And you're not. No, yeah, and that was the thing. H. There was no H's or W's on this thing all scribbled. It was the, the H. It was an R and O and two N's. Yeah, they're the. There was definitely so when we asked for you know we we're like okay like what is it and he's like yeah it's it's no how you got it right I'm like well it doesn't fucking the right letters aren't on here and then we kept we were like screaming at him like come in here and point to a W on this thing and this 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 grandchild of Nazi war criminals with a speech impediment came in. And he just did the thing real fast because he works there and opened it. We're like, well, okay, well, yeah, it's he has open. He reset it every single day, but, like, he didn't fucking look at it. He didn't fucking, like... Yeah, he just knows which way you slip the... muscle memory. The, the fucking testosterone-inflamed clitoral nub on this thing. And, yeah, and then, you know, but that... It still was like... It, yeah, it was a sore spot. We were like, later, we were like, which one of these is the fucking W? And he finally was like, this one. Like, that's an N. And I, did he even give an answer like, oh, it must be worn off, which it shouldn't be worn oh, off. He didn't say shit. He didn't say shit. No, he doesn't know. But, I mean, he's also, this guy didn't make this room either. I mean, this is some guy getting paid seven twenty-five an hour to just hang around in this place and not have to really do any real work, which is commendable. But, it, yeah, it, it was put together with spit and duct tape. And it shouldn't be because it costs, like, Real money, and it's not like there was a bar in there. It's not like it was, you know, there was any other reason to go all the way out there. I mean, I, you know, living on this side of the city, we're not that far from Plymouth, I guess. And we went to this Mexican place. That was actually pretty good. El Toro, right? But there's there's no reason to go to the West Suburbs. No, we should have just get, like ordered Mexican food to the house and played Jackbox. That's what we should have done. We have we have a brand new couch that can accommodate all kinds of people like loafing around on it while we scream at the TV. It's hot out. We have air conditioning. 
you know, we could have we have speakers all over the house that, that play like you know, cocktail jazz. I could make us drinks. It's there's just no reason. I think the escape room is dead. I don't ever want to do one of these again. Can I say, all right, I'm going to put this on the record right now and I'll say it to Jake and I'll be like, cause I don't think he wants to either though, because he was very like, it was, it was, it was Jake. If you, I don't know if you listen to these, maybe you do listen to this one, but I, I mean, like we can do an escape room. It's like, I think we should just stop thinking about that. Cause it's like, we've gone so many times now. just had it been like really expensive and it's just shitty as fuck. Cause like the ones the, the Harry Potter one that was in the same building as the Acme Comedy, which was I still haven't even been to Acme, um, just was just in the building. And the Harry Potter one was actually pretty good. And it was big and it was elaborate. But I think we've just used them all up. The ones that are getting rave reviews are those are probably just bots that the whatever shitball turnkey investors from some other country that just own these stupid things. You're just set up to be like, Alice, we are really creative and whatever. You're like, oh, is it? And it's just this thing that's like barfed on Care Bears from a garage sale. And you're like, 75 cents? It looks pretty dirty. I 50 cents? <laughs> like, they had, again, they had like magnets in their butts and you had to put numbers into things and shout through a tube. That idea was like a bad, dumb gimmick, too. Now that I really think about it, you start in a different room. It was just a way to say that it's not exactly like every single other one. That's all that was. And it was like the thing. And yeah, it was like being in prison because we could slide keys through the tube. They just ripped this. It was Alice in Wonderland 60 days in. <laughs> like, put this. 60 days into Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Like, you're over the book already. You, you don't, you don't want to. You've been imprisoned. In the land of wonder, I guess, is that? I don't. Do I, they call it Wonderland in I, the story? It's like we are the fucking the police of Wonderland, and you have you know uh, broken our laws and bylaws, and you must see the queen. Take me to the potions and mushrooms, or yeah. cut off my head. I don't want any of this anymore. Bill, you're really mad about I'm this thing. So angry about this. You because still are. We had the answers. We had the answers. But isn't that what life is? You figure it out, and then you realize that dumber people than you with richer parents just get to live your dreams. Like that's that's maybe they were trying to teach us a little something about the you know the class system and knowing our place. Which now that I say that out loud, I'm more mad. <laughs> I'm I am now on, I'm on the bill train of being uh, more angry about this. Yeah, I don't know, but Long I story short, don't go into a fucking escape room. If you don't go in, you don't have to escape. Yeah, that's true. Until we make the uh you, you can escape paying for it by not going in there. <laughs> that's why we need to make the Anne Frank room where it, at the very least <laughs> there's some motivation to keep other people out. Let's make this into the Anne Frank room. Let's make sure no one ever goes to the zero-hour escape room. The lobby was nicer than the escape room. Like, there was, a, like, there was nice couches. They had one of those uh, Spencer's Gift, like, laser electro ball things that I had when I was a kid. And I don't have any more because I figured out that if you... They were like, whatever you do, never plug it in again if you break the glass. So I broke the glass off of it. And it's just this thing that shocks the fuck out of you. Like, it doesn't jump as far because there's whatever... I don't know if it's there a vacuum or if there's a different gas in there. I forget how those work. But either way, if you just take the glass ball out of the equation and grab at the thing, it it will shock you bad. <laughs> like, real bad. Or other people at a sleepover who aren't paying attention right then. Uh, it shocks them super bad when they're playing Nintendo and you prod them in the back of this thing and then the circuit breaker trips and your dad's like, what are you doing? Yeah. So that brought back fun memories. And then uh, there's an hourglass and then Jake took a giant desk that was for free in the lobby and strapped it to a, 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 a multi-acre. spread way, way out of the cities. Um, and, uh, you know, he's got a bit more room to 
grab the, you know, as a, a metropolitan person, I, I have to be conscientious about how much garbage I drag back to the house because I'll run out of, that was my joke when I think it was Alexis, like, do you want to go to an estate sale? And I'm like, are they selling more room? Because then maybe, but yeah, Jake doesn't have to worry about that. Plus, like, that's where we go down to shoot things and blow stuff up. So he's just got room for that kind of stuff. It was a cool desk. I don't know exactly what his plan was for it. Maybe just to sell it. I, I don't know. But but when we got in, he saw the free sign. He, like, took the free sign off of it and hid it in a couch cushion to make extra super sure that no one took it before him. Like, a, one other group of drunk people that showed up in a little car who were... <coughs> there at the same time as I was like, oh, we can't let him get this. And it still barely fit in the back of his pickup truck. And then we were like, we left. And he was like, I was like, oh, I got bungee cords. And then he didn't, but he had like an, like an extension cord and one of those locking pipe fitter pliers. I and he I fucking fit it into his fucking truck, but he was just like, no, no, we'll, we'll just, I got, no you way. Know, he was, I can it, trap it down. He was right. If he had the things that would have been the right way to go. Like, like yeah, it's fine. It's, it's in there enough to leave the, the, the hitch door trap. Door. What the fuck is that thing called? Isn't there a name for the pickup truck? Yeah. It's the, um, I don't know. They have a name, but I don't remember what it is. Well, tailgate. Is that just called the tailgate? tailgate. So, oh yeah, because you're sitting on that drinking beer when you're about to commit a hate crime at a NASCAR event. Yeah, uh, uh, I was only hanging off of there a little, and he only had a 90 minute drive back home. So yeah, it's fine. But, but I think he strapped it in with like electrical cords and a pair of pliers or whatever it was, and uh, yeah, so he had himself a desk. Um, so there was that. I mean, that was, that was the main upshot, I think. Yeah. I think other than that, it was just a gigantic waste of money. But the thing is, is, you know, the reason it's important to talk about this kind of thing is there's just been nothing else newsworthy going on (laughs) in the last few days. (laughs) And like, I'll bet, I'll bet some of you were like, oh, it's John. He's going to go, I, I, oh, I get it, the, the, uh, <laughs> Texas reversed its whole late-term abortion or any abortion ban. It turns out you can abort them up to third to fifth grade or whatever as long as you use a gun. And that's not that funny. Uh, but then I was like, maybe that's, since they're never really going to do anything about the school shooting stuff, like, no one's going to, that's why they're just like, look, just have more. They just get pregnant. They're going to get shot anyway. You might only have to pay for them up until third grade. And then just, you know, the NRA has us by the balls. And uh, you can just buy a machine gun. And, yeah, you're not stuck for, you know, that Kanye song. He's like, 18 years, 18 years, maybe only like eight years. (laughs) Maybe you're not stuck. It's a long-term insurance scam. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, you know, can't have an abortion. Adoption's kind of a, a mess, but just cross your fingers and maybe some unstable lunatic who's 18 years old and has a ton of other red flags. They'll just be like, here's two fucking SWAT team fucking guns. Uh, you go nuts. And it's fine. So, yeah, it does work out for everybody, though, because, yeah, you, there's plenty more where that came from. Without Roe versus Wade, you could just have all this. Like, you don't have to give up your guns. Your kids might get shot, but there's going to be more kids. And it takes a village. You know, they're not necessarily going to be yours. And I know, according to the stickers on your truck, it's like, I only care about my family and no gun. Well, some other people's families might have to s- step in. Yeah, they might, <laughs> might, some, some, someone has a one-night stand and ends up with a kid. Right. That that might have to be your new sort of extended family. It takes a village of kids to stop an active shooter. No, he didn't. He just ran out of bullets. I think that's what. That's how it stopped. Oh yeah, they, yeah. I guess all the kids soaked up the bullets for a while. Well, I made a meme of the. I just love Photoshop. I made a Punisher skull, but the blue line was yellow, and the eyes were sad and scared. Is that the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is to wait outside until he runs out of ammo? Because like, I don't. It's not. It's easy to go. Maybe you know John tends to make more fun of of the right than he makes of everyone else. But it's not like the like the like the tax bracket. Some of that stuff. Whatever the fiscal shit. Maybe it's good. I don't know. 
That's not what I'm making fun of. Sure, almost everything you believe in is stupid, but I'm not making fun of, I don't know, fiscal responsibility or whatever it is you pretend to be about while you try to put a Christian jackboot down everyone's throat. I don't know. But the the tough guy thing is so phony that it is now my favorite thing in the world. I found, like, a new meme page. I think it said no... These balls don't come, or no, or something like it's someone who just makes like the 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 angry flaming skull from hell, and then it'll just be like like real men touch each other's nipples. If you don't like it, you can piss my pants, liberals, or what? It's like you know, it's a crazy. And I was like, the, the someone tagged. This is such a fucking pointless story. But I made my goofy thing and someone tagged this huge meme page, and then it was like, oh my god, this guy's doing what I was just dabbling in. I should leave this to the, to the professionals. But he never did have a thin... There was no thin yellow line of pee, like, going down your pants. That wasn't... That has... I mean, maybe by tomorrow there will be. But I, there's something about that that just tickles me. Like, you can make fun of anyone you want. And you can make fun... You, know, you, you, you green hair and your pronouns. Yeah, you can make... Fine, make fun of that. I don't know. But, like, even that, it's silly, but... It, <laughs> There's, I'm sorry, there is just nothing sillier than just like, this. these colors don't run. Into the building while kids are getting shot. Yeah. it. You can say whatever. And again, I don't even really claim like the wacky, fucking goofy, uh, you know, they're just having fun. The, 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 the gender identity politics thing as like my tribe. Exactly. Like, do I lean further left than right? Certainly do I go, Hey, you make fun of those guys. You're making fun of me. No, I don't care. Like if you want to go like a furry convention is funny. Like, yes, it is. And you're like, we should shoot them up. I'm like, no, that's the wrong thing to do. But is it silly to dress like a dog and smell people's butts? A little. And that's okay. I think the people do do it. No, it's a little silly. It's fine. But when you're like, you have a picture of like your family on the back of your truck and it's of like two AR-15s with a bunch of little Glocks on your kids. Like you're such a fucking dipshit. And I, you know, that is worthy of being more made fun of than anybody, no matter what their weird like identity thing is like you know again is it a little is it a little zany yeah it's fine I don't care do whatever you want but when you're like I'm so fucking badass no one else is badass like me it's fucking cops are cool and then all shit like this happens constantly where it's like hey it turns out you're a wiener and we know you're a wiener like this is it's so incelly and sad and lonely. This whole thing, this whole tough guy thing is just like, no one will touch my dick. That's all that is. And and the person you want to touch your dick might be someone you shouldn't even think about asking because they're the, they might be the same sex as you. And that's the thing that you make fun of, so you can't do that. So you got to fucking force some poor lady with very few options and a lot of you know, an addiction to scratch off tickets or whatever to, to be your bride and you can co-own a pickup truck together that you're on upside down <laughs> payments on. I don't know. It's just so sad and gross. Like if you want, when I consider myself kind of an equal opportunity mocker of people, but like, how come you don't make fun of hybrid cars? I'm like, yeah, because you save money on gas. Like I don't, I don't get it. I don't get. Well, because tough guys spend lots of money on gas and drive a truck and shoot a gun. And if I was there, I would have ran in that building. No, you wouldn't have. No, you wouldn't have. The most you're going to do is what the Buffalo guy did. It's just like go in and live stream while you shoot black people because people are like, oh, everyone's a Nazi. Well, not everyone, but you are. You know, and they're like, well, I want to save those children. It's like, yeah, there was cops there with like automatic weapons and bulletproof vests. And they're just like, uh, they stopped the parents from going inside. God, that's just, that's why those memes. What? It, oh, God, oh, I've seen that one. That one's sorry. funny. Sorry. That's that, <laughs> Bill's just looking up. Our, see, Bill didn't bring his laptop today because today was just a goof. We were going to go, go to the escape room, have some tacos and margaritas and whatever. And, and we did. 
And we're like, we don't know. Maybe we're not going to do a podcast. Again, slow, slow news week. What is there for me to rant about? Well, it turns out the escape room industry needs to be brought down. That is what we're ranting about today. Okay, because... You know, listen, I, I make no secret about it. I was like, one of, currently one of my favorite podcasters is Tim Dillon, and he either talks about Jeffrey Epstein or Pizza Hut. <laughs> like what, and I guess that sounds too much like unrelated to the pizza game, like, like a steakhouse that just wasn't up to snuff or whatever. And it's, it's good. The, the minutia, as above, so below. The minutia of life is also kind of the macro of life. In a way, I would think. Oh, yeah, there's a... Uh, oh, by the way, yeah, there's Elon Musk next to just Giz, Ghislaine Maxwell. Just saying. I don't know. Why are all the hot ones crazy? But I, my favorite thing is whenever I make some other kind of video, whenever I'm, I, I... There's so many people like that that are either standing next to Jeffrey Epstein or Ghislaine Maxwell. And it's just... It's a subtle thing. Like, I don't bring it up. But if I, if I put a picture on screen... I just like every like any time I don't really mention him a lot, but anytime I mention Trump or anytime I mention Elon Musk, like I only will ever use the same picture and I'll be like Trump left is like you know like it's like it's it's my just little way of saying that probably bigger things like the daily show like everyone should just do that. It's funny. Like yeah, it's we're tired. Yeah, we know that he was next to Epstein. Like it's the only picture of him I seem to have. Like I just you know, and you're like, he's gonna stop the pedophile cabal like from the inside. Yeah, that's how you do it, right? I was just, you know that's the funny thing too. But everyone is like, oh, he's gonna wage a crusade against the the, the blood drinking pedophiles and uh, it's like, well, how come he's hanging out with them? That's what he's doing, man. He's taking it down from the inside. Do you realize that every single episode of To Catch a Predator, when they ask the guy why he's there when they catch him. He's like, well, I just wanted to show up and tell her that this isn't, you shouldn't be meeting strangers online like this. And I just want to say, it's the excuse the guys who are bringing condoms and McDonald's and Bartles and James to these to a nine-year-old make when fucking Chris Hansen catches them with their fucking pants down and goes like, what are you doing here? Have a seat. Why? He's like, well, I just was going to tell her that, you know, hey, your parents are probably worried about you and you shouldn't be talking to guys that have a bunch of condoms and, and happy meals in their car or whatever. And it's the exact same thing with like, oh, Trump's going to take down the pedophile ring. That's why he's always partying and doing cocaine with them because he's learning how to how to bring him down from the inside, man. Yeah, that's why he has all those wine coolers in his truck. That explains it. So there's the clip that's going to go. <laughs> And people are going to watch this and be like, this is just a fucking scathing review of the zero-hour escape room in Plymouth, Minnesota that sucks ass. I fucking hate that. That was the worst escape room ever. That is the escape room where I'm escaping from the whole escape room thing. You've ruined escape rooms for us. Yeah. We, we will never go to another. Look what you did, you little jerk. We should find out who owns that and put them on blast. There has to be. Like, again, we figured out, like, oh, this... Like, the tax records, you can see who owns the building. Maybe the, I don't know, might be a little tough. But they need to be outed for the monsters they are, hiring the grandchildren of Nazi war criminals and give it, hitting them with lead pipes and giving them speech impediments and forcing them to work where everything is made out of masking tape and Sharpie. It's cruel is what it is. It's unscrupulous. It's bad business. Yeah, I don't ever want to do one of those again. I'm going to text Jake when this is done. Maybe I have my phone on me. No, I don't. What do I do with it? Oh, no, it is right here. I'm not going to sit here and text Jake on... On, uh, on the podcast. But rest assured when it's done. I'm going to be like... I'm going to remind him. I was talking to another uh, Ben a little uh, somewhat recently about how and this is this is, a, this is a good tour story, but uh, we're somewhere around Halloween on the road, and this place 
It was kind of a cool bar. It very famously has a haunted house like under it. It's only open during Halloween, but it's pretty much just active for a month or two out of the year, and everything's stored down there. They must make a ton of money, and it is one of those weird towns where probably rent's not super high, or maybe it's the same guy's on the building forever and maybe owns the venue. I don't know. Fun place, but, you know, Jake had been prone to panic attacks kind of recently in this time frame. We were, like, going through some stuff in the band, and he was like, I'm going to go down, I'm going to... Someone convinced him to go into the spook house. And I was... He's like, you're going to go? I'm like, I... No. It's like, I don't want to go run around and get grabbed while, while there's strobe lights and things. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to sit on the bus. I want to drink. We were looking at one of our uh, roadies, uh, Trek, so he's one of those, like, skinny, slouchy guys who's, whose wiener we've seen a few times. He's been... A, was a roadie for, like, years. And you, you know, and there's like 11 of the scummiest dickheads on the planet living on a bus for like 48 days in a row on tour. <laughs> like you're going to see everybody's wiener at some point. And this kid is every bit of nine inches soft. He was one of the only kids to, to knock a chick up, but he knocked up like a, like a rich, um, uh, let's make this vague, but you know, kind of a rich casino reservation gal. He's one of the only people that ever like, knocked up a girlfriend by accident and ended up with, like, a bunch of cars and, like, <laughs> I get, like, he, yeah, I gotta get it. It takes a wiener of that size, I think, to, to have that be your life story. And, uh, but yeah, we were, like, looking at his hog and being like, all right. And I'm like, I, you know, Jake went in the spook house and he had a full, they had to, like, stop the, they had to fish him out of there because there was just strobe lights and disorienting noises and stuff. And he was just like, started having like a, not, not a, like, I'm just uncomfortable, but you know, I've had panic attacks. Like I know what a clinical one feels like. And it's really awful. It's not like a thing you can really talk yourself down from. It becomes very physical. And he had one in the middle of this thing that he had to get kind of like fished out of But the, that part's not fun. That kind of sucks. But the fun part was, the funny part was that he was like laying on the benches of the bus, like afterwards. Like I, I hadn't moved. I was just sitting there the whole time. And he, he came back in and he's like, why, oh, why did I go into that spook house? <laughs> it was just like, like that's funny, but a very serious tone of why, oh, why did I go into that spook house? It's like, I could have just sat here and drank with Wheeler and look at Trexler's hog. And instead I had to go to the spook house. Well, this is what I want to say. That the the escape room is the new spook house. It's the new thing where if, if you if you should happen to go, hey, why don't we do this? Be like, remember, it's just gonna be a thing made out of masking tape and sharpie, and it's gonna be a piece of shit. And don't go to that escape room. Don't go to that spook house. You're either gonna have a panic attack in the spook house, or you're gonna get very very angry like Bill. And Jake's probably already forgotten about it because he's got a sweet new desk that he's, as far as the time, like we've been doing this for almost an hour and we didn't start right away, but he's probably like just getting home and dragging out of the truck or maybe making Shadi or one of his other weird friends like help him do it. We both. I love being useless friends because like, you, you have like the hand thing and I have the hip thing and he's just like, all right, well, let's drag this thing out of here. I'm like, I can't really, I can like open the door. <laughs> it's like I'm, my days of hauling heavy garbage for like a goof are behind me. Like, you know, after the, um, I have a hip impingement. I thought I'd injured myself for a little while and it just turns out it's this genetic thing that I've had all along, but it finally caught up with me. Uh, but I got like some sort of steroid injection or whatever they do, cortisone, cortisol, something. And it actually feels a lot better, but it does get kind of aggravated if I do something like, hey, can you push this 900-pound couch up a staircase with your face? Just real quick. I just need a little help. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to be like in bed for the next two weeks. And true that most of my work isn't particularly physical. It's... I'm, you know, making uh, 3D sets for things now. Um, and I, I don't really have to stand up to do that. I could get quite fat. I could get code, coding fat if I really wanted to now. I could just get morbidly World of Warcraft just fat. I don't think I should, but I'm just saying. When you have options like that, 
Like I can just stop eating. It's like why? Like if I got too fat to leave the room that my computer is in, I could still make a living. <laughs> and I don't know what the fuck. I'm just pretty drunk now. Although I, I think Jake's girlfriends had blow and they weren't sharing. That's a little bit of a bummer. Because maybe maybe we could have solved that room a little faster. We're firing on all nine cylinders. Woo! No, I'm just kidding. Nobody ever does drugs. You hear about it, but it's just people making stuff up. I promise you that. Look at me stretching this thing to an hour. I am well aware that I, I have ran out of things to talk about at about 30 minutes. And I'm surprisingly not that incoherent. But it's more that nothing is really in particular coming to me. It, it doesn't quite remind me of the time when that happened on stage when I just couldn't, I was just so fucked up. I couldn't remember what I was talking about. <laughs> Jason Kruger was trying to help me. Like, uh, is this what you were talking about, buddy? And then you would be at all those plans to like do something with the guitar or whatever. <laughs> it just None of it ended up making any sense. Like, we'll just shoot from the hip. And then I just fell apart and we were all drunk. What was the point of any of that? What were we doing? Oh, we should do more comedy. Oh my God. <laughs> Was that the last time you did it, or was there... No, there was more there was, times. There was one more time after that. Was that redemptive? Was that funny? Did uh, we film that? We we filmed we filmed it. It was so bad, you just deleted it. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, then uh, the last time that we did comedy was on the 666 show. Oh, yeah. No, I filmed that, though. That one. I have that. Maybe we should use that for something. That was funny. I think you were funny at that. Okay. I mean, I, I don't I, remember. Maybe. That was the first time that I haven't been, like, drunk doing it. And, yeah. Uh, I just kept looking at my notes because I couldn't remember anything. But you always do that. All right. But no, but there was, I think your notes made more sense. Oh. Or something. Because, no, remember the, the one where you were, like, you were reading... You were reading what I told you not to do, and you just read it like it was a joke. Yeah. That has to be my favorite thing, at least comedically, that you have ever done. That maybe anyone has ever done in, in my, you know, that I that is within my reach or circle or whatever. Is you were like, don't keep talking about it. That's just the whole point. There's no need to elaborate because that was the punchline, and everyone's like, "What is happening here?" Like that was like, an, like either either you were just so out of your mind, or people were like, "Is this guy the next Andy Kaufman?" And I just don't get it. Is that what's happening? And I didn't even realize that was happening right away. Like I watched the video of us writing later. I'm like, "Oh, that's what Bill was doing." Like I had to do the fucking uh, uh, Da Vinci Code. <laughs> to understand. I was like, what is he saying? He's reading it. So he must have written that down. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, that you were reading what I said not to do. Oh. That was funny. Wait, you were the right, right up there with that uh, spicy moment. Spicy. Oh, yeah. When I was like, <laughs> Bill, you can just be done. And that right. little girl who's better than everyone is like, oh, spicy. I don't like her. I don't like a lot of people, though, so I, I, I shouldn't say that as if it's some particular thing. It's right. just in general. I'm but, like, ugh. But we, we can we can totally stop doing comedy. Like, we don't have to see those people anymore. No, but I, I mean, like there, to. There are good people there, but... Yeah, no, actually, the people that I kind of bitch about, I haven't seen. I think they kind of dropped off after COVID. Like, I don't think that that occurs much. Except for that, like, fucking stupid lady that was trying to give me advice and just was like having her mind blown that I've done stand-up about nine times altogether. It's like, no, I saw you once five years ago. You've been telling the same set forever. You're a loser. I'm better than you, right? I'm telling you how to fix it in a sarcastic and mean way. That's it. It's like, no, actually, you're wrong. Like, this is just me never really saying the same shit on stage twice, even if it does work. But that ultimately, though, I will say that is why I can't really do it. I was telling the guys on that comedy podcast I did, the Awful Service podcast, you should check out. I'll have an episode. It's kind of funny in general. I like the concept a lot, just about shitty work story. I mean, it's so good. Someone has to do it. Um, but that I, you know, I just hate the idea of, 
Like, I know this kills, I know this kills, I know this kills. Like, I've, I've, there's been a few times where I've reused stuff, and it has worked, where I've been like, oh, like, this from this time got a laugh, and this, and I did it, like, all in a row at, like, a thing where I had to go for longer, and I got laughs, like, the whole time, and I'm like, okay. And I already felt gross. It was, like, the second or third time using some of that stuff, and I'm like, man, imagine being on tour, and that's, like, what you do, because you're trying to sharpen up for a special. And I get it. That's fun. I just totally, I I think I'm not cut out for it because of that. Even if I can go up there in a room with like a hundred people in it are like laughing their ass off at me. That's just because I got lucky that time though. Like I'm not going to go, okay, this worked. I'm going to do it again. Cause I don't like to, it's icky. Like I don't mind playing the same song. All that's, that's what you do, but that doesn't, that's not, I don't like telling the same. I, I do repeat myself story wise, but you also have to learn what way is the funniest way. And do it the same way every time. And I get bummed out using the same word more than once. You know what I mean? Like, right. if I'm, I'm just, and I'm not even on stage, just talking to you or Alexis. Like, I've said big too much. Like, I've always, I have to say Titanic or gargantuan or something. And then if I run out of words I can remember, I just change the subject. <laughs> I have to fucking face the fact that I have to keep saying big over and over again. It bugs the fuck out of me. But there's only really. You know, typically per idiom, one right way to make everyone laugh if it's a thing that definitely triggers that reaction. Now, there are people out there like Joey Diaz is a good example of someone who's just natural cadence and storytelling kind of makes people laugh no matter what he's talking about. Like I could he's one of those guys I could when people go, I could listen to him reading the phone book. I, I tend to agree. Yeah, I kind of yeah, it's, it's going to be funny no matter what. But I'm not that guy. And so. You know, I kind of had to really get into comedy and understand why it is. Other, you know, and then there's the other thing of I don't want to go through the the halfway point of getting anywhere with it, which is living in my car, gas station, parking. Like it's so sad. it's like being in a band, but even sadder. And I've already done that, and I'm like old. You know, if I was 19 and just going like, oh, I can get a laugh pretty easy. Like, and, and I was like, I don't understand music. I'm just going to do this. Like, that. maybe I would have done that. And I probably would have ended up just bitter about comedy and then at 40 years old being like, I'm going to learn music. <laughs> it would have just been the alternate universe. It would have been the same story, but just flipped around. Like, I'd be like hamstringing you into joining a You'd be like, I don't play music. Like, Billy, you're going to figure it out. <laughs> I'll give you a triangle. We're making a band. Uh, it would, yeah, I would love to, to, to be able to peek through some portal into that al- slightly alternate universe where I tried comedy for, except for it'd be really depressing because I'll be like, oh, okay, let's see if it worked out the opposite way. And I just have, you know, it's like Joe Rogan's coming on my podcast and I have $800 million. Like, oh, fuck, I really should have started with that. Damn, how did that all work itself out? Yeah. That's the scary thing, folks. If you ever get a chance to look in, at your own life in an alternate universe to see how it could have been, it comes with a lot of responsibility. And I think if there's an important thing we needed to learn from this episode of this podcast is that you need to be careful when looking through portals into alternate realities. Right. You might find yourself in an escape room. Yeah. The alternate reality of that, that contains a far better outcome of your own life makes the entirety of the universe you now live in, knowing what could have been, basically, its own escape room. Except you can't. You can only peer into what might have been. And you must live your life unable to escape. I mean, I always just assume room. this is the worst reality, so... Peering into a different one wouldn't make it any worse. That's true. You'd be a good uh, candidate for a uh, like a, like a, like a like a no, but like a like a ripped, like clean cut in shape version of you, and then with some sort of angel or something like just appears out of nowhere and goes like, "And this is what your life would have been." And the guy's like, "Oh, show me no more, Spectre," and then they disappear, and you're like, "Hey." <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> that explains. Yeah, you're like, look what could happen to you, and you're just like, what? You're just eating like macaroni and cheese. <laughs> like, oh, I go work at the grocery store. <laughs> you're like, oh, I can't pay this hint 
can't be real. It's like it could have been real if you'd never studied or whatever the demon is showing them. Yeah, so be careful of what demons you talk to in another dimension. Good night, everybody! The Reverend John Wheeler Podcast takes zero responsibility for the words, actions, or ideas of its host, guests, or listeners. Though the people on the screen may at times be speaking directly to you and may occasionally give you direct calls to action, neither Reverend John nor the Alchemical Cocktail Lounge are under any moral or legal obligation to answer for the potentially disastrous repercussions that may arise if you are stupid enough to actually follow the orders of a raving lunatic. Think for yourself and do whatever you want because you're on your own. If anyone ever tries to sue this podcast, black SUVs will converge on your location in the darkness of night and you will never be seen again. Remember to like and subscribe.